This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and here we are on Monday, and it is just me because we have some things to catch up on. Of course, on Friday, if you are subscribed, as you as you all should be by, by this point in time, you got to hear the first episode in my Vanderpump Rules Rewind series with Sammy. We're recapping every episode of season one of VPR weekly on Fridays. So of course, a couple of you asked, that means that uh, the Top Chef recaps are not going to be happening on Fridays for right now. So I'm going to talk about Top Chef today. Uh, This season is ramping up where the finale is drawing nigh. uh, So I don't want to leave this season hanging. I'm going to talk about it later. First, I'm going to recap this week's episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta because you guys, Atlanta is having a great season. I am really enjoying the vibe of the group. I think they have found a really good groove. We've got two friends who are also bringing it. You know, I think Atlanta... They're they're a dark horse. I feel like people people underestimate them. They've had a couple of kind of bumpy seasons in the last few years, but I think I think they're kind of back in form this year. I mean, I felt that last season, but but this year I feel like it's really coming full circle. Uh, this is the third episode of the season, and we finally are getting our taglines for the first time this season. And <laughs> these women just kill me. Sheree Sheree's commitment to the narrative that her She by Sheree website broke the internet, literally fractured the World Wide Web because of the amount of sales and traffic coming in. Good for her. I, You know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, one of my favorite qualities in a housewife is a healthy dose of delusion. And on this show, we really are getting it from both Sheree and Drew. Drew, my my delusional queen. She's back. She's doing music. I love that for her, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Her tagline is about being gaslit because again, I guess, you know, uh, you know, take the lemons and turn it into lemonade. Um, And Marlo, you know, her, she may have a checkered past, but her future, it's clear. I, (laughs) these are some really good taglines. The, the taglines of late in the last few seasons that we've gotten on Housewives overall, I feel like the the writers or the women writing for themselves in some cases, maybe they're growing a little tired with the form. You know, things are things are in a rut a little bit. Maybe actually maybe they should hire some some real writers once they're back from the strike to really get in there and craft some taglines for these ladies. But whoever did these Atlanta ones, you found something good. And, and I'd like you to stick around. Uh, this week's episode, 
we're at Chateau Charest. Every time an episode starts at Chateau Charest, I just feel like I'm home. Like for so long, we heard about Chateau Charest or we would see it every now and then. But now that Charest is back for her second season and it's just so it's just so natural to just be at Chateau Charest in the afternoon and to have Marlo over and to have Sonia over and to talk about what happened at BravoCon. I am absolutely so on board with the decision here to just talk out in the open about what happened at BravoCon. It's one of those things where obviously there is this construct of the fourth wall on Bravo shows overall. And they always are, it's a little wishy-washy when they're talking about something that happened at reunion or something that, you know, that involves the show. It's always kind of like an unspoken thing. Oh, you know, when we were together in New York or the, the last time the group was all together and it's like, you're talking about the reunion. We know we all watched it. But this episode in, in like three different scenes, they're fully just leaning into talking about BravoCon. And I think it's fascinating because one of the things I like about BravoCon is how for every show, they're in a different place in their production cycle. And then BravoCon is sort of this like otherworldly, like out of body moment where it's like, okay, yeah, we just finished filming this party where we had a massive rift in the group. But then at BravoCon, we're going to spend a whole weekend in glam as a group sort of talking around it because it's something that hasn't been on TV yet. And so now to have the context for Atlanta, that at BravoCon, they had just really started filming their new season and things were still sort of taking shape to hear Sonia say that Drew had texted her and basically offered her this olive branch just a few days a week or whatever before BravoCon, and then at the actual event on stage and I was there for this I literally remember this question Drew basically being like you know coming for Sonia and saying that it was inauthentic like the difference in the way that people act when they f- are on stage and they feel like they're having a moment is it's really interesting. And Sonia and Drew have had this tension back and forth with each other since last season. And Drew, you know, I enjoy her on the show, but she absolutely seems like the kind of person who would like in real life be trying to be your friend again, but then she gets excited and she's on stage and she's wearing her, you know, one Michael Jackson glove And she's going to seize the moment and try and kind of have a little viral thing happening. And like, how are you supposed to be real friends with that person? How are you supposed to build a relationship with somebody who's then going to get on stage and be like shady just because she knows it's going to end up on Demois or like my own account, whatever. (laughs) They're also the other big thing that happened at BravoCon was Mama Joyce just like mouthing off about Todd every chance that she gets. Okay. Can we just, whoever asked her the question of what kind of man she would want for her daughter who has been married for several years and has had two kids recently with this man, that is like a deeply unwell question to ask somebody like, what are you doing? It's so funny because, um, it was like, 
Last week they uh they announced that they're doing the Golden Bachelor in the fall, like with old people, and people were saying that Martha Stewart should be the Bachelorette, like the Golden Bachelorette. And in one of our Betches Slack channels, somebody was like, "Oh, like who would you? What like celebrity guys would you like choose for Martha?" And people are sending all of these married ass men in the channel, and it's like that is not the prompt. Like we are we are casting a show. And so for somebody to be like, Mama Joyce, what what man would you choose for candy? It's like, okay, Mama Joyce does not always make the best decisions in terms of talking about Todd. But what was she supposed to do? You put her in that horrible position. But, you know, that's not the only time she Mama Joyce cannot help herself. And we've seen it season after season after season. Todd and Candy have been together for like a decade plus now like there's no whatever happened with the circumstances of how they got together he is like the man in her life they're in business together many times over we see candy's must list that's like well you got to do the this thing and you got to do the live shopping and you have to do the build the new restaurant and then todd's movie it's like they are so deeply intertwined that it's like why, why are you even suggesting that there's a possibility that something is going to happen here? Of course, Candy has her little storyline of that Todd wants her to focus on his movie and he feels like he always has to work on her projects, but she doesn't work on his. Like, you know, that's going to be the the little like plot line of the season for her. But like, they're not like getting divorced. There's not like an end in sight for that relationship. So you know, was it messy for somebody to ask Joyce that? Of course. But also like, uh, just Mama Joyce, Mama Joyce, Mama Joyce. I miss her though. We didn't even see her this episode. Like, where is she? I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. But pivoting to Drew and Ralph at the rock climbing gym, it's fun that they're doing an activity. I don't know why they're doing something where Drew could potentially hurt her foot again. Like I just feel like there could be a fun couples activity that doesn't require Drew to put herself in a precarious position. Um, But Ralph also is not the kind of person who's thoughtful enough to like think that through. I don't know who chose rock climbing. It probably was a producer, but um, (laughs) they're talking about their music situation. Uh, Drew really feels like Ralph hasn't been uh, dedicated enough to the music project that they're doing together after they dropped this first song. Uh, Drew really feels like working on music together she says, it's brought them back to the genesis of our relationship. <laughs> Drew just like fucking kills me the way she will drop in these words. The genesis of your relationship. This is the most toxic marriage we've seen on Bravo in a while. And you're, you're out here using like biblical terms to describe the way that you met and like got involved together doing music. It is... <laughs> Whatever. They're they're disagreeing about whether 30,000 streams on the song is a good thing. And he's like, yeah, baby, that's bad. And she's like, what, baby? I thought 30,000 was good. And he was like, well, I mean, it's good for like the fact that you have no music career, but it's not like good, good. Just like the way that these people talk about their shit. And then the worst part, they're talking about how they're like in this together, you know, badass duo. And Ralph says, we're like Ike and Tina. And n- never have I seen someone so unself-aware that it's like you have spent two seasons on this show being the absolute worst husband imaginable. And then you're going to choose to compare yourself to Ike and Tina Turner. Ike Turner f- famously. Like the one thing that people know about Ike and Tina Turner is that they made music together and that he was an abusive husband. (laughs) Like pick anyone else or say nothing. Drew's like, I thought we were Beyonce and Jay-Z. Even that I'm like, don't even like you're not Beyonce and Jay-Z, but you're probably more similar to Ike and Tina, but don't say that. Come on. I just want Drew to help herself. I want Drew to love herself. I want Drew to to get everything that she wants in life. And I just don't see it happening for her. 
she and Ralph a little later have cousin Courtney over for dinner, who comes with her ex-partner Bryce, who is the father of her 24-year-old daughter. Me hearing that Courtney has a 24-year-old daughter, I feel at sea. I don't know what's happening there. The math, I Courtney, I guess, looks really good for her age if she has a 24-year-old daughter. I don't know. Uh, congrats to that. Candace calls her and asks her to come perform at her city winery show. And this sent me. She is the backup choice because Shamari, Shamari DeVoe, season 11's Shamari DeVoe, season 12, I don't know. Shamari can't make it anymore. And she was supposed to be the special guest. So now it's going to be Drew. I mean, for Candace, this is an upgrade because that means that the cameras will be there and the entire Real Housewives of Atlanta cast will be in attendance. I can't imagine that you know, Marlo would have made the trip out to see Shamari. But um, anyway, then Drew FaceTimes Candy. She's like, oh, look who I have here. It's Courtney, my my Ralph's cousin, Courtney. And Candy, Candy's so funny. She doesn't have time for Drew's bullshit. She's like, girl, you know, I don't like this lady. Get me off the phone. She has, she has stuff to do. Did you see her to-do list? Like she is busy. Drew, Drew and Ralph's dedication to like putting up this facade of their life. The fact that there's a chef in the kitchen cooking dinner for ostensibly just the three, four of them. It's Bryce and Courtney and Drew and Ralph. And they're eating this dinner that is served out of like catering dishes, like those fancy silver ones with like the warmers underneath and like the, the like dome top that like, it's like a hotel continental breakfast. I, considering I recap Top Chef every week, maybe I should have a better uh, hold on these like terms for the culinary things. But it's like, how much food did this chef prepare? And then is serving up like it's a like a banquet for a corporate conference. And it's just the four of them (laughs) sitting down at their table talking about, you know, the performance coming up with Candace and how Sonya's, you know, a phony bitch. Like... What are you doing? (sighs) Later in the episode, of course, we have Candace's show at City Winery. I love to see Candace and Chris. They're doing well. Candace is crushing it. Um, You know, everybody comes to support except for Sheree. She says that she's sick, but she's sorry to have to miss an opportunity to see her girl flop it like Drew. That is just that is just excellent. I mean, drop it with Drew to me is still one of the funniest things that's funniest thing that's funniest things that's happened on this show. So I'm always happy to get a call back to drop it with Drew, which is sadly, I think, uh, defunct. Um, Marlo is talking about her situation with Candy. She says that Candy would only be taking this long to forgive her because it's her. And that if she was a man or in fact, a chicken wing, she would have gotten over it by now. (laughs) Again, just, I can't with these people, but I really can't with Drew's little performance. She comes out on the stage and she is wearing, I guess it's a matching set, but it's like these Fendi print flowy shirt. And what I can only describe, I don't have another way to say it. High-waisted pajama shorts with like a black tank top and black thigh high stockings and a matching Fendi print headband. And like, I guess this is like a fashion outfit because it's like, all Fendi everywhere, but like you're wearing pajama shorts and thigh high stockings 
on stage for this performance while Candace is wearing like a leotard and like shaking ass in a way that I find very pleasing. And Drew, Drew just walks on out and she's like singing. I'm going to love me back and forth with Candace for, I, I wrote in my notes like 30 seconds. We find out it was in fact exactly 43 seconds that she was on stage. The editors putting in the timer of her performance compared to Sonya's 400 meter Olympic gold medal winning run and finding out that Sonya ran longer to win a gold medal at the Olympics than Drew was on stage. That is, that is gold. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, Drew's really happy with her performance. She says that Candy is not going to be the only one with a Grammy much longer. And you know, Good for her. Again, I support delusional housewives everywhere. Um, So I'm glad to hear that Drew is really thinking big with her music ambitions. Then we have a little kickback after the show. You know, Kenya's being shady as she should be for for Drew only having, you know, a little eensy teensy moment. Sonia's like, you know, I wanted more. Everybody wanted more. She didn't sing a song. She like riffed a little bit on one of Candace's songs. I would not show up like I would not. If somebody asked me to come perform on their gig and it was like, oh, great, I have this single out. I'll sing my song. Right. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be doing my song. I'm doing my exact same concert routine I'm doing in every city. But then I'll bring you out in the middle of a song. And the part that normally I would just sing like all by myself, we can switch off lines for exactly 43 seconds and then you will exit the stage. I just think I probably wouldn't say yes to that gig. And I have no music career to speak of. This is not something that I am, you know, out here trying to book. Um, But Candace, if you invite me to your show, I want to sing a full song. Just, Just so it's on the record. Sonia wastes no time bringing up what happened on stage at BravoCon with Drew. There is a disagreement about what caused Sonia to unfollow Drew, though, because Drew says that Sonia unfollowed her because she dropped merch that said she invited me and then she uninvited me, which, first of all, we got to stop with the Bravo Lab merch where anything you say on the show you think is like a quotable phrase that people want to wear on the back of of a hoodie. Like, send it to Daryl. Yes. I have faith that people have purchased that. I've seen people wearing it. It was a moment. She invited me and then she uninvited me. It's just a sentence. It's not a catchphrase. It doesn't make me laugh. The The scenario itself on the, I believe it was the, the Mommy Nation photo shoot last season, like, it wasn't even an event worth wanting to go to. We got to stop it with the merch. She by Sheree. That's the only apparel from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, I guess like Marlo has today drained me. Candy has bitch. I'm worldwide. Like you could fill your closet with all the things that Bravo Labs are trying to get you to pay too much money to wear. But like, where are you wearing it? I bought a She by Sheree hat at BravoCon. It has not left my room. It has dust on it. Because it's not wear it's not wearable. I'm sorry. I'm getting touched. I'm getting sidetracked. Um 
But after after Courtney and Candy argue some more about who, you know, who's aggressive and, you know, who comes from the hood, I don't I can't get into that. Uh, Drew brings up the the situation that happened at Blaze, which we know was somebody getting shot. It gets it gets really weird. Drew doesn't want to say the word shooting. Marlo acts weird. Candy's like, that's a personal thing. I don't want to talk about it. Last week's episode, which I I didn't talk about on the podcast, Candy also didn't want to talk about it. And the producer literally came up to her on camera and was like, so are we not going to address the elephant in the room? It was super weird. Um, But then the most interesting part is we get this 30 minutes after production wrapped card flashes on the screen. And it is Marlo and Drew in like a back room of wherever they were filming. And Marlo is essentially yelling at Drew about her bringing this up, but not just saying the word shooting. And it's a little it's a little unclear whether Marlo is upset that she brought it up in the first place or whether she's mad that Drew brought it up, but wasn't just willing to call it what it is. And then Marlo shares this story about her nephew who at one point worked at one of Candy's restaurants and then later got shot and killed, which is a, you know, a tragic story. It sounds like really sad. I don't know if we've ever heard about this. And then Marlo is bringing up that she texted Candy after about this situation and Candy didn't really seem to care. And then she saw her like the next day. And she didn't even bring it up and acted like she didn't really know what Marlo was talking about. And there is footage of this conversation. It is, I'm not even sure exactly like where this is going or what Marlo's kind of point is that she's trying to make, but it is a super, you know, intense situation. And the fact that Marlo is bringing this up and then we see that there's footage from this conversation, it feels like this is going to be something that's carried forward you know, throughout the season. So I'm, uh, you know, putting a pin in this, waiting to see where it goes. Meanwhile, Drew really isn't giving Marlo the time of day. Again, it's a little unclear what the source of this argument even is, which ends with Marlo basically chasing after Drew and yelling about her nephew dying, which is so sad. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think Marlo is always the most effective communicator of her feelings. So that's a little bit like... I don't know. It feels neither here nor there, but I, I'm very curious to see kind of how this is, uh, you know, affects the coming episodes. And like I said, I'm really enjoying the season of Atlanta. So I, I will definitely be keeping up. I hope you guys will be too. And we'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks. Spring has sprung and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost 
cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Switching gears just a little bit, you know, maybe maybe a little less drama, but honestly, I'm still stressed watching Top Chef every week, you guys. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Victoire went home last week. We're down to the final six. It's going to be a double, a team challenge, double elimination. Like the hits are coming hot and heavy. The the quick fire. I love a good sponsored quick fire challenge. And Padma to highlight uh, water usage and how much water is wasted in the culinary industry says that our friends at Finish, like the the dishwasher company, (laughs) want them to make a dish featuring an element steamed, but they can only use a gallon of water that they all have to share, which she very cleverly like pulls out of a dishwasher in the, I thought they were going to have to steam the food, like using the dishwasher. That's where I thought this was going. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like, are you going to like sous vide the fish hanging in the, like, I don't know how sous vide works or dishwashers to be honest. Like do dish. How do no, I can't I can't go there. I can't I can't talk myself through how dishwashers work uh while I'm recording this podcast, but I will be Googling later. Uh maybe I'll share those findings next time. <laughs> this is a really interesting challenge though, because obviously everybody has to find something to steam. And for some people, that is a lot more of a natural technique than others. Uh Amar, for example, is like, you know, you guys always see me frying things and roasting things. And, you know, Sarah is inspired to depart from her trademark Southern flavors that she's been using all season. Uh, but it's cool to see what everybody comes up with. Uh, you know, Buddha does fish kind of like a hot pot type of thing. Uh, Gabri does some fish, but in more of like a Mexican, like mixote with adobo sauce. That sounds delicious. Um, Sarah is doing a steamed cabbage type of thing. I mean, steamed cabbage sounds kind of nasty. I don't know. Ali is doing a sea bass in a banana leaf because that is, you know, a, a traditional thing for uh, Jordan, where he's from. Uh, Tom is doing a scallop mousse, which just, I don't, don't love the sound of that. Like a scallop, fine. But mousse to me, again, maybe this is my unrefined palate, but like, when I think of mousse, I want like chocolate mousse. I want like a delicious pudding. A scallop pudding doesn't do much for me. 
when people talk about like a like a chicken liver mousse, I think that's a thing. Like, can you imagine anything that sounds like less delicious than that? And again, I've I've never I've never even had it. So this is purely just like me thinking through things in my mind, but I'm like a chicken scallop mousse. Anyway, my fears are borne out because <laughs> the judges taste this scallop mousse. And the question is, is this the texture of the mousse that you were looking for? God, what a devastating question. It just was, it was not the right texture. Uh, Amar's big misstep was that after steaming his dumplings, he then fried them, which like, buddy, <laughs> I love a fried dumpling as much as the next person. But once you fry the dumpling, it's no longer giving steamed dumpling. Like that's, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. I could have said that. Um, the tops of the challenge are Gabri and Buddha. Buddha wins. Um, <laughs> I want to know, I want to see like the uncut footage of them, like stopping the tape and being like, Hey Buddha, can you say thank you finish? <laughs> Cause they, tying back the sponsor, it's like, it always feels so unnatural when the contestants do it. Like Padma, it flows off the tongue perfectly. She's like furnished by uh, Saratoga spring water. But when Buddha's like, thank you finish. Like he's never, He's not using like dishwasher pods in his everyday life, I don't think. Uh, the elimination challenge, though, is really a doozy. It's a Wellington battle, and each pair of contestants has to make three Wellington dishes, one with seafood, one with meat, one dessert. Beef Wellington is something that I have never eaten, but I've seen, I know, I remember I watched like Gordon Ramsay's like recipe video for a beef Wellington, like his like perfect beef Wellington, because that's the thing that he's like partially famous for. Um, I think. See, I, I know things. Uh, funny enough, though, Buddha used to work at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, and that's where he learned to make a Wellington. And he's made like 30 of them, which was less than I thought he was going to say. I thought he would be like, I've made hundreds. He's like, I've made about 30 before. I'm like, OK, well, you're about to make like 10 of them today. So uh, it's like a big you know, ratio. Uh, but anyway, the pairs are Amar and Sarah, Ali and Tom and Gabri and Buddha. Um, everybody just sprints to the puff pastry at the store. It's interesting to me that they're allowed to use store-bought puff pastry. I don't know if that's like a thing where it's just like ubiquitous enough that it doesn't really make a difference. I know they only have three hours, but I just feel like with everything else on this show, it's like, oh, well, did you make the you know, did you make the adobo sauce from scratch? Did you make the seasoning from scratch? Did you, you know, roll out the whatever else? And it's like, you're just buying like frozen boxes of puff pastry. Seems like a cop out. I don't know. Maybe they should have given them an extra 30 minutes so they can make their own puff pastry. I don't know. That's not my job. Uh, my job in instead is to appreciate the quick shot of Ali shirtless looking out the window of the hotel room in the morning editors. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how that works. Like, do they just like bring in the cameras for five minutes while they're getting ready and just like make them look stressed? I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> Tom in the kitchen says he feels like Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider movies where she's running and everything behind her is crumbling. I just thought that was funny. Cause like imagining Tom, like German asked Tom watching Angelina Jolie in a Tomb Raider movie. It's just like a fun little mental image. It's interesting to see in these Wellingtons, they were given a lot of uh, freedom to do whatever they wanted. They said they didn't have to be traditional Wellingtons. Uh, somehow we still end up with two different salmon Wellingtons, uh, two beef Wellingtons, and two apple 
dessert Wellingtons. It would have been fun to see just like a little more variety. Speaking as someone who could never do literally any of this, I would love to see him just like think outside the box a bit more. Um, to me, it was kind of clear from like the second course that Gabri and Buddha were probably going to be the winners here. I just feel like they had their shit together the most. And out of all three courses, there weren't really any major mistakes. You know, they might have liked one thing a little less or one thing a little more, but there wasn't any time when they really weren't in control of what was happening. Everything was cooked perfectly. Buddha's doing fucking lattice work on the puff pastry when everybody else is like scrambling to get their shit in the oven in time. Uh, it was really tough to see Amar and Sarah with the lamb because that looked delicious. Or I mean, I don't know if it looked delicious. It looked like it sounded like it was good, but the lamb was just so undercooked. And with the Wellington, I mean, as I know from watching that Gordon Ramsay recipe video one time, it's really high stakes because you make the whole thing, you put it in the oven and you take it out and you don't know if it's done until you until you cut into it and then it's too late. Buddha had a fun trick though. This is he had like poked a hole in the puff pastry with a cake tester to see if it was done. And what a flex for him to tell the judges. He's like, "Oh yeah, I don't use a thermometer. I just use a cake tester and I like I remember what it's supposed to feel like when it's properly cooked." I just, you know, wiggle around the cake tester and I'm like, "Yep, that's perfect." And it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Buddha, I mean, it does really feel like he is kind of on a different plane than the other people in the competition, I got to say. I don't know if he's going to win. This is unpredictable, but like he's on a roll. He's doing really well. And the peach melt, oh, that looks fucking delicious. He makes sorbet from scratch. I don't know how he has time for that. Tom and Ali mostly do well. They're salmon, beef, apple trio. You know, everything is well cooked. There's, you know, an issue. They put like xanthan gum in their one of their sauces and it was like gummy, which, you know, gum, you put the, I don't know. Seems like a rookie mistake if you ask me. Something I, de- I definitely wouldn't have done if I was making a beef wellington. Um, but, you know, better luck next time, boys. Um, but in the end... It's Amar and Sarah. And really, I think that undercooked lamb was kind of their downfall. Also, the sauce American with the tuna. What a weird combo. Uh, I personally wouldn't have done that either. Uh, So, you know, I, you know, I was on the same page as the judges. So ultimately, Sarah and Amar go home and they they pass on to the finale of Last Chance Kitchen. It's a two part episode, which, of course, ends on a cliffhanger because this show just uh, is determined to make me, you know, emotional and stressed at every turn. Um, but when they are back in last chance kitchen, it's a two round thing. So it's like 30 more minutes of content total. Uh, Amar is the first one to get eliminated. So then it's Sarah and Charbel. Uh, we leave off on a cliffhanger. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh, so you will know in, in three days time if I'm wrong, but I think Sarah is going to win last chance kitchen, uh, and come back and go to Paris. But that is just me. That's just me. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I will be wrong. Uh, it really was a cliffhanger. It was a nail biter. They, they both had to make three dishes. They did a good job. So, 
I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm excited for it. Uh, and I will be back. You, you know, I'll, I'll drop in on Top Chef uh, over the next few weeks as we come to the close of the season. So don't worry, but make sure you are subscribed. So whenever I do talk about it, you're not missing it. Uh, we have lots more great stuff coming up this week. So yeah, I will be back soon. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.